I have to be true and I have to be a journalist. So the, the, the Bernie Sanders supporter in me wants to close my eyes and pretend Elizabeth Warren is not. Um, if you want to call it surging, if you want to call it ri- you know, rising, whatever. I would love to tell you that these polls are all BS and, you know, uh, close your eyes. Cannot do that. Um, I don't take a lot of stock in just looking at like one poll, but when you start seeing a trend of polls, some of the polls are BS, whether it's a small sample size, whether it is uh, they're barely sampling young people, uh, the way they phrase the questions. Some of the polls are indeed BS, but we can't close our eyes and pretend that she's not a, a, a significant competitor. I wouldn't, she's not the front runner. Don't listen to CNN and the, these idiots. But she is a very, very uh, tough competition right now to Bernie Sanders, in large part because the media has given her, I mean, for those of you that were paying attention in 2007, 2008, the adoring coverage Barack Obama got as a candidate, uh, I think Elizabeth Warren has gotten that and then some. I mean, the media has not laid a finger on her, and frankly, none of the other candidates have really laid a finger on her. And there is legitimate things to go after her on, which I'm going to get to today. So the media, so I have to preface everything with she is rising, whether, whether you want to hear it or not, whether you like it or not. There's reasons for it, which we're going to get into, but she is rising, and the Sanders campaign, frankly, should be concerned. I mean, they would be kind of stupid if they weren't concerned. Iowa, uh, the Des Moines Register uh, with CNN, just released a poll. Uh, The poll is concerning uh, for Bernie Sanders' campaign. Uh, There's some parts of the poll that I think show I wouldn't put that much stock into it. But at the end of the day, uh, the poll, it was of 602 registered Democrats in Iowa, shows Warren slightly in the lead at 22 Biden dipping to second place at 20% and Bernie at 11%. So this was just out um, from Iowa, Des Moines Register. So this poll, which the media is salivating on, absolutely salivating on, again, 602 registered voters in Iowa who say they will definitely attend the 2020 caucuses. So to me, that's not the largest sample size. It doesn't mean the the poll isn't accurate. It doesn't mean the poll isn't accurate, but that's not the largest sample size. 602, not the largest sample size. But what I find the most concerning here, they say is based on telephone interviews with 602 registered voters. To be clear, I'm not a polling truther. You know, I'm not going to just be like one of these people who just says all the polls are BS and let's not believe it if it's bad for Bernie, but let's believe it if it's good for Bernie. Usually they break it down how many of those phone calls were landline, how many of those phone calls were uh, cell phones. The Des Moines Register CNN poll just says 602 registered voters. So I don't know how many were landlines and how many were cell phones. Uh, Jen, who has gone through a lot of these polls, um, said, well, if they don't break it down, my assumption, my assumption is mostly landlines. And if it's mostly landlines, my guess, my guess is this is a predominantly older uh, group of people that they are sampling. It doesn't mean the numbers aren't legitimate. Uh, Warren is indeed in first place in the poll, but 
it also means the typical voter who might be more prone to vote for Bernie Sanders is not reflected in that poll if it's predominantly landline. I don't know which one it is. I don't know if it's predominantly landline. I don't know if it's predominantly uh, cell phone. But the fact that the Des Moines Register and CNN don't stipulate would indicate to me it's mostly landline, which is an important thing to add. And you never, ever hear on CNN, MSNBC, none of these places, you never, ever hear them provide any context, any context. There's a couple other elements of this poll that I think are important that, of course, you're not going to hear on CNN or MSNBC. The race is far from settled. Just one in five likely Democratic caucus goers say their minds are totally made up, while 63% say they could still be persuaded to support a different candidate. So if one in five or 63% say they could still be persuaded, that would indicate not only soft support for Elizabeth Warren, but soft support for Joe Biden at the one in two position. Quote, the data in this poll seems to suggest the field is narrowing, but my sense is there's still opportunity aplenty, Seltzer said. The leaders aren't all that strong. The universe is not liked in, locked in. So we, we just have that one in five's mind are not made up in this Iowa poll. It also shows more about Warren's vulnerability at that top spot. Among those who say she is first for their uh, first choice for president, only 12% say their minds are made up, while 88% say they could be, could be persuaded to support another candidate. More Biden supporters are firm in their choices. 26% say their mind is up, mind is made up, with 70% saying they could be persuaded. So this Iowa poll, although, you know, not going to take anything away from her. Elizabeth Warren is on the rise. It's just true. Um, but I find it fishy. I find it fishy when small sample size, we don't know whether they only polled landlines or if the majority were landlines versus cell phones, probably an older uh, sample size. But this poll, of course, and by the way, this was always the plan from CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, the New York Times, i.e. the evil empire, the evil corporate empire. This was always the plan to basically artificially inflate Elizabeth Warren, because a lot of this is you think Donald Trump enjoyed free airtime, free, you know, billions of dollars of free airtime in 2016? Elizabeth Warren so far, tens of millions of dollars in free airtime. I, you know, I don't have statistics to back that up, but all you got to do is watch cable news and I do it so you don't have to. I am your, I take the punishment and the misery of watching so you don't have to. She's gotten tens of millions of dollars of adoring coverage from all of these outlets, not to mention Washington Post, New York Times. So that's going to have an effect. And by the way, the media keeps painting it as uh, Elizabeth Warren's surge is really coming predominantly from Bernie supporters. I do think there are a, a, a chunk of Bernie supporters who have moved over to her, which to be honest with you, I don't understand. Uh, I think if you're a Bernie supporter, you were a Bernie supporter, yes, because it was Hillary Clinton, but also because you truly understand the true crisis we're in, in terms of the, uh, the climate, income inequality, uh, you know, basically the controlled demolition of the middle class. If you are so easily swayable to Elizabeth Warren, who's basically like a cheaper knockoff, and frankly, 
it's becoming more and more apparent she might not even be really a knockoff. She might be more over to that establishment side. I question how, I don't want to say how intelligent you are, but I question if you, how naive you are. The thing that stands out here from this one poll, from this one poll, here's how CNN reacted. Hope you're not on an empty stomach. It is very good news for um, Elizabeth Warren. I don't think it's bad news for for Biden. I think he's holding steady there. It is it is terrible news for the rest of the field, especially Bernie Sanders. Yeah, let's pick up on that. Karen, is this a bad sign for Bernie Sanders? When you look at the numbers there, he's dropped from, from 16 to 11 percent, and then he lost yeah. the endorsement of the progressive working families party to Warren. Right. Of course, the two of them competing for the progressive wing of the party. Should he be thinking or starting to think about throwing in the towel now to, in order to benefit that progressive movement and, and endorse Warren? Well, it's a little bit early, I would say, for that. I, that's kind of the kind of decision I think someone would make over the course of the next couple of months. I mean, look, this is an important snapshot, I agree with Joe, for starting off the fall. We know that this is the period in time when voters start to more seriously take a look at the candidates. I like to say, they're, you know, you're sort of dating. Some maybe are getting married or they're engaged, right? But there's still, clearly, there's still some, some room. What I would say is problematic for Bernie and probably explains why we've seen some serious campaign staffing shakeups is uh, the fact that the numbers continue to move downward. And we've seen that both in other state polls and we've that's been the trend in the national polls. So that's and that we from what we can tell, Elizabeth Warren seems to be the person who is benefiting from that, picking up those voters. So that's the trend that it, it seems like the Sanders campaign probably doesn't quite know how to figure out yet how to stop that. Um, and then there's so much more room for uh, Warren to grow, I, I think that, you know, probably Sanders, they're going to, you know, I'm sure he'll try to have a moment at the next debate. Uh, those debates are going to be even more important because those are, you know, opportunities to get in, from, uh, in front of a national audience. I suspect we may see things, you know, there were some stories this week about Elizabeth Warren uh, being attacked. I suspect some more oppo research is coming um, because that's, you know, when you're the front runner, that's what happens. All right, the next debate on October 15th being hosted by CNN and the New York Times. But, but Karen, just to follow up quickly, if, if yeah. your priority is uh, that progressive movement, in terms mm -hmm. of uh, the Bernie backers, at this point, should they be shifting their priorities to, to Warren, uh, or, is it, or is it also to it's probably a little bit too soon because, you know, look, Bernie will probably have the money to make it to early next year when voting starts. Right? And, and a lot of these candidates, you know, that's really the calculation you're trying to make right now. I would say, you know, for those who are in that bottom half, I doubt I will bet you that those are going to be the folks we'll see starting to think more seriously about getting out. But if you're in that sort of top half, you're trying to figure out, can I hold on? Can I, if in, in the case for Bernie, can I, you know, build up? Can I get those progressive voters? Here's the thing about the Bernie voters, though. Remember what we saw in 2016, that some of those Bernie voters ended up being Trump voters. So mm -hmm. under, we'll have to right. try to, you know, Tra track those voters to see do they are are they going to continue to move towards Warren and build up that progressive movement or are we going to see them sort of be more undecided and potentially waited out and maybe they end up Trump supporters we don't know this time jeez you know it was a Saturday night eight o'clock Eastern on CNN but it sounds like they're trying out some new material on the weekend to then debut in there because by the way, for those of you who work in marketing, public relations, Jen, uh, our wonderful 
co-founder of Status Coup, president, uh, is a longtime marketing person. Uh, she does great work in marketing and, and other things. She knows what a coordinated campaign looks like for marketing, public relations. CNN and MSNBC, this is the continuance of a coordinated campaign to just knock out, knock out Bernie Sanders. I think originally their plan was to knock out Bernie Sanders, pr- try to prop up Elizabeth Warren to knock out Bernie Sanders, but at the in the end game, go to Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has been slipping and sliding all over the place, so now they want to prop up Bernie Sanders, prop, prop up Elizabeth Warren, knock out Bernie Sanders. Preferably they'd love Biden, but Biden looks like he could collapse at any time. I don't mean that to be rude or mocking or insensitive, but he's not well cognitively, which we've been talking about here for weeks. I mean, you don't have to be a doctor to realize there's something not there and it's only going to get worse. So now they're starting to ask for whether he should drop out because of a poll in Iowa that polled 600 people. It seems potentially could have been more landlines. They don't tell us. I'm not, by the way, I just want to be clear. Some of you might not like this. This doesn't mean Elizabeth Warren is rising significantly in the polls. I think it is kind of, it's a little bit much to say surging because a lot of these polls, there's some significant issues with the polls, but she's rising. I mean, you just, uh, objectively, she is rising significantly. She is a main competitor for Bernie Sanders. But CNN and MSNBC, what they're doing here is essentially acting as a coordinated, and throw in the Washington Post, the New York Times, as a coordinated, essentially, super PAC for Elizabeth Warren. So, of course, her numbers are going to rise. There's also another element that, well, I'm going to get to that after. So, let's see if Bernie, you know, Bernie Sanders, he's in third place in Iowa, which, again, not good. Even though it's a small sample size, it's not good at 11%. Uh... Bernie Sanders should drop out, you know, because he's doing so bad in all the polls like that um, California poll that just came out September 17th, tied at 26% with Joe Biden. You know, California, the state with the most pledged delegates up for, get, up for grabs in the entire Democratic primary. Yeah, just drop out, tied for first in the number one state. Bernie Sanders should just drop out, you know, that September 11th poll leading in New Hampshire by, what is that, seven points? Yeah, just drop out a poll last week leading in New Hampshire. Uh, you know, what is, what is he thinking? He needs to drop out. Why did he drop out? You know, leading in California, leading in New Hampshire recently. Just drop out. This September 8th poll leading in Nevada. Ugh. What is this guy doing? Doesn't he know his time is up? Leading in California in a, in a recent poll. Leading in New Hampshire in a recent poll. Leading in Nevada in a recent poll. Bernie, you need to drop out. Colorado. August, you know, this one uh, is from um, a month ago. But Colorado is not like the other states. There's not a lot of polling. So as far as I know, this is one of the first polls for Colorado. Super uh, Super Tuesday state, by the way. Bernie, I mean, you could call it tied with Biden, but technically leading. Colorado, just drop out. One of, the, one of the swing states in the general election. Just drop out. And interestingly enough, in New York, 
Bernie Sanders is down seven points. The New York primary, the New York primary is in April. Bernie Sanders lost the New York primary in 2016. I put lost in air quotes because 200,000 people were purged off the voter rolls. So he lost, you know, 200,000 people were purged off the voter rolls. But yes, he lost. Um, he lost by, by, I think, 16 points. He's only down seven points in New York right now, six months before the primary. That's pretty damn good. I'm saying seven points to Joe Biden. So he's in it in New York. That is why, as I've been reporting here earlier before any other outlet, I don't, I don't know any outlets that have been reporting on this, that is why New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is trying to basically rig the primary for Joe Biden. Because other than California, who has the, which has the most pledged delegates up for grabs, Iowa and New Hampshire matter because it's the first two states and it's about momentum. But in terms of actual pledged delegates, California has the most pledged delegates by far. 400-something pledged delegates. After that is Texas, and after that is New York. Texas and uh, New York are very close to each other, so that you could say they're tied for two. So, again, CNN is calling for Bernie Sanders to drop out, and you're not going to see these polls on CNN because they don't want anything that shows Bernie Sanders is actually in this. Again, drop out, leading in California in, the, in a recent poll. Drop out, leading in New Hampshire in a recent poll. Drop out, leading in Nevada in a recent poll. Drop out, leading in Colorado in a, in a um, recent poll. Again, in fairness, doesn't mean Elizabeth Warren is not rising significantly. She is. She also should thank, frankly, the media, which has helped her significantly. I mean, if you watch CNN and MSNBC all day, it's wall-to-wall, adoring, loving coverage for Elizabeth Warren. Not only has she been the benefit of the media, but this anti-corruption crusader, and the media hasn't called her out on this, and frankly, I was kind of surprised that none of the other candidates called her out at the third presidential debate. She's an anti-corruption crusader when convenient for her. And why I say that is, One of the major reasons Elizabeth Warren has surged in Iowa, and again, it doesn't mean she is running a good campaign, whether you want to hear it or not, she is running a strong campaign. But one of the reasons she has surged in Iowa is because Elizabeth Warren had more money out of the gate compared to any other presidential candidate because Elizabeth Warren, during the 2018 re-election race, she was up for re-election in Massachusetts, She did do lavish fundraisers with very, very wealthy people and corporate CEOs, the same ones that she's condemning now. So the New York Times reported on it. She was having $120 a steak dinners with the fat cats uh, that she is now saying we can't take their money. They're they're, um, contaminating our politics. So this, you know, just as a reminder, because you're not going to see it. This is from uh, this is from. February, before she even announced, before she even announced, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren has hired three new Iowa staffers as she moves closer to announcing an official presidential run. According to her exploratory committee, Warren has hired former Let America Vote Communications Director Jason Noble as Iowa Communications Director. She also hired Juliana Amin uh, as her campaign's organizing director, uh, who worked for Hillary Clinton, by the way. Daniel Wasada, who has worked as a legislative liaison in Iowa Treasury. So 
big hires before she ran in Iowa. Then in May, then in May, this from the New York Times. Elizabeth Warren's campaign based on ideas bets on Iowa. Here we go. Miss Smith is one of 50 paid staffers Miss Warren's campaign already has on the ground in Iowa, far more than any other Democratic candidate is known to have hired in the state. So how did she, how was she able to afford hiring all of these people in the state of Iowa, frankly, before even Bernie Sanders staffed up in Iowa? Because she's not being completely genuine and honest about being against money, big money in politics. She's not being completely genuine and honest that she is 100% against corruption. Because if you're, by the way, when she was running for Senate re-election, obviously she wasn't running for re-election as a senator. She knew Elizabeth Warren won, uh, won re-election for senator in November. She announced in December, a month after winning. So her mind was already made up. That's why she was doing all these fundraisers, as the New York Times reported in Martha's Vineyard, in uh, New York City, in Silicon Valley, in very, very lavish areas with very, very wealthy donors. I'm sorry, but you know, I'm not saying every wealthy person is corrupt. I'm not saying some of the people that went to her fundraisers aren't good people. They're not giving her $120 per stake. They're not in Martha's Vineyard, not writing those big, big checks because they love you they love Elizabeth Warren so much they are they are putting down an early investment they are putting down an early investment just like Barack Obama in 2007 2008 was promising to part the oceans and heal the world and all this stuff while he was raking in more money more money than anyone before him from Wall Street so Elizabeth Warren there's important context why is she doing so well in Iowa because she transferred what I call politically dirty money from her Senate reelection campaign over to her presidential campaign. And then with a straight face is saying, I'm against big money. I'm not, you know, I've been so happy. I haven't done the, I haven't had to do these big wig fundraisers with these fat cats. So I've had more time to take selfies. Yeah, you didn't have, you don't have to do them now because you just did them a couple months before you ran. So let's call it what it is. And frankly, frankly, I am not for Bernie Sanders at this point going on the attack against Elizabeth Warren. Oh, well, I also forgot to mention, while Elizabeth Warren is getting adoring coverage from the media, while Elizabeth Warren is, frankly, you know, talking out of two sides of her mouth, as far as I'm against corruption, uh, you know, we need, the Demo- we need to take on the Democratic Party's corruption, uh, I'm going to, you know, totally structurally change things, this and that. Well, I don't know, you know, kind of hard to change things if you're doing massive, you're headlining massive fundraisers with the very people that are representing this corruption. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will headline a big ticket fundraising event at the DNC in October, according to an invitation uh, sent that Politico got. So, you know, some devil's advocates could say, well, Jordan, the DNC needs to raise money to be competitive. And Elizabeth Warren, you know, she's running for president. So she needs to try and attract, uh, you know, establishment voters, too. Okay, that's fine. But you want to know something? Do you not are, are you naive enough? Are you naive enough to think that the DNC is still actively not influencing who 
is going to win this primary? Are you naive to think, naive enough to think that the DNC is playing no role in what's going on in New York, where Governor Andrew Cuomo is literally just refusing to sign a bill that already passed the state assembly and uh, Senate to allow more voters to vote or give more voters more time to register, moving it from October 11th, which is the deadline currently to register as a Democrat if you want to vote in the primary six months from now. You think the DNC isn't involved with that? You think the DNC, when I, when status quo was on the ground in Detroit, you think the DNC is not involved with all of these um, these outlets that were blocking Bernie Sanders supporters from entering uh, the section where supporters could cheer? You think the DNC wasn't involved with that? Then I have a bridge to sell you if you think the DNC wasn't involved with that. You think the DNC in Miami wasn't involved with the fact that they weren't even letting reporters go interview Biden supporters or Harris supporters or Warren supporters? Remember when, I'm, when I was in Miami, we couldn't even get in there? A security guard came up to me and said, we're just taking orders from the party. The DNC is at play in all of this. And frankly, Elizabeth Warren, you know, it's a little, to me, I say the company you keep, you know, makes, makes a big difference. Uh, she's going to stand there and do massive fundraisers with Nancy Pelosi, who said the Green New, the Green New Dream belittled the Green New Deal as we have a climate emergency, which we have a great video to show you in a little bit. I just covered the climate strike in uh, New York City, so we have a little video for you that we haven't shown yet. Um, uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi says Obamacare is far superior to Medicare for all. Yeah, her donors, her donors and big pharma and the hospital industry told her to say that. Nancy Pelosi, who has never seen a war she doesn't want to give endless money to. Nancy Pelosi, who essentially is bought off by banks, big pharma, big real estate, oil companies, and Silicon Valley. This is who you're headlining a fundraiser with while simultaneously saying you're an anti-corruption crusader? I don't know, folks. I don't know. Seems a little fishy to me. Seems a little fishy to me. So, at the end of the day, what does all this mean? And by the way, I have reason to believe that it's not necessarily Bernie Sanders supporters who are fleeing to Elizabeth Warren. I have reason to believe that Elizabeth Warren has benefited the most from how terrible Kamala Harris is. Uh, this is from The New Yorker. Warren appears to have picked up most of her newfound supporters from Kamala Harris and out of the not sure category. Harris has tumbled from 13% to 5%. The tally of undecideds has fallen from 8% to 2%. This makes sense because as, as Kamala Harris has slid so aggressively, uh, Elizabeth Warren has risen. Bernie Sanders has lost some support, but Kamala Harris, her sharp decline, almost free-for-all, has coincided with the rise of Elizabeth Warren. So it ultimately comes, up, it ultimately comes down to what does the Bernie Sanders campaign do? Because like I've always said, if you, if you think that 2016 was bad and how bad the media was against Bernie Sanders, how bad the DNC was, that's child's play. I mean, if you watch enough cable news, if you read enough New York Times, Washington Post, if you have the stomach for that kind of thing, maybe that's why I've been having digestive problems because I consume way too much of it. Um, I mean, it is an all-out assault on Bernie Sanders. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. What does the Bernie Sanders campaign do? 
Because the narrative, once a narrative is set, and the narrative that they're trying to set, I already showed you CNN is now calling for him to drop out, which is absurd after I just showed you the, all these recent polls where he's either in number one in some of these early states or tied. What is Bernie Sanders to do? This is what I believe. And again, I'm, I'm a journalist. I'm not like a political strategist. I don't like, it's not like I'm on the phone with Nina Turner, like this is what you guys should do. So this is just what I believe. To me, to me, I think Bernie Sanders doesn't have to go after Elizabeth Warren at this point. I actually think the other candidates are going to start going after Elizabeth Warren. What's unbelievable to me, I think it was political malpractice for these other candidates not to go after Warren in this last debate. I mean, there's a lot to go after on her. I just read a few. <laughs> so I just told you a few. I think they're going to now. And you have Cory Booker, who, what is the point of Cory Booker running again? You know, his campaign of love and veganism and all that nonsense. He's, he said if he doesn't raise, I think, $1.7 million in the next 10 days, he's out. Goodbye. Uh, he's gone. I think Booker's also going to drop out because Booker's smart. And if he drops out early, I think Booker is the main person to watch for, as Elizabeth Warren's vice president. I don't think Biden would pick Booker because Biden, generally speaking, has shored up the African-American vote and has that connection to uh, Barack Obama as his vice president. I think Biden is more likely to pick a woman. I would watch for Biden picking, yes, Kamala Harris or Amy Klobuchar, possibly. But I think Booker is going to drop out. I also think we're, we're headed to that point where Beto O'Rourke is probably going to drop out because I think he still has a chance to run for Senate. And, you know, he's not going and he's going nowhere fast. Same thing with Amy Klobuchar. The field is going to narrow. But I don't think Ber I don't think Bernie needs to knock Elizabeth Warren because I think you are going to start seeing Pete Buttigieg go after Warren. I think Biden is going to go after Warren. I think uh, Kamala Harris is definitely going to go after Warren because Warren has taken a lot of her voters. Uh, I also think, uh, I don't know about Andrew Yang. He's not, that's not his style. But I, I think you're going to see Biden aggressively go after Elizabeth Warren. And if Biden starts going after Elizabeth Warren, which I think he already started, he started saying some stuff about her at uh, his speech the other day. So I think Bernie Sanders does not have to go after Elizabeth Warren. Let the other folks go after Elizabeth Warren. And when Biden starts going after Elizabeth Warren, why that's so important? CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, they're still behind their boy Warren, uh, Biden. They're just propping up Warren to knock Bernie out. And they're propping up Warren as a contingency plan against if Biden, frankly, I hope he doesn't collapse. I'm not calling for that. You know, we, we wish him well. Nothing, nothing. I don't agree with his politics, but we wish him well. But politically, he could collapse. I mean, this man, the more he speaks, it's 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 a little disastrous to watch, if you ask me. So Warren is she they're propping her up. A, to knock out Bernie, but also as a contingency if Biden doesn't make it through the campaign. But they will cover if Biden starts going after Elizabeth Warren. They will cover if America's mayor, Pete Buttigieg, goes after Elizabeth Warren. They will cover if Cory Booker, I don't know if Cory Booker is going to go after her because I think Cory Booker is at this point figuring out how he could best uh, line, him, line himself up to be vice president. So Biden let Biden go after Elizabeth Warren, which he's going to have to looking at some of these polls. So then you say, well, what does Bernie do? Is he just supposed to keep going out 
you know, doing his rallies, doing this thing. If the media has already set the narrative that Elizabeth Warren is like the it, and she's on the rise, that it's her moment, so they will push, if Bernie goes after Elizabeth Warren, they will push it as desperate. Bernie Sanders is desperate, blah, blah, blah. So you don't want to give the media any more ammo than they already have against you. But Biden, Bernie can and should go after Biden because a lot of those Biden voters are, are frankly, there's a lot more Biden voters more likely to move over to Bernie than Warren voters because Warren voters, contrary to what the media keeps saying, are not the hardcore progressive Bernie Sanders supporters. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the General Motors strikes going on. Uh, this was the first week of the General Motors strikes. To me, the General Motors strikes are, like right now, the, the front lines of the labor movement and frankly just the people fighting back against the controlled demolition of the middle class. So what I find interesting here, what I found super interesting, is you have the Democratic Party all right now in you know unison coming out we stand with the workers we stand with uh the people striking when where's the where's the democratic party been for the labor movement over the last 20 years nowhere i mean the republican party hasn't either but the democratic party right now is trying to you know act like you know some form of saints and they're with the workers and they've always been with the workers when basically they're essentially been the party of NAFTA, been the party that tried to push TPP through, and all these other things. Also, the Democratic Party, led by Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, is, a, is the party that's against Medicare for all. So is Republicans, but the party that has been self-sabotaging itself against universal health care, which is harming union workers. So I find it interesting that the Democratic Party is all coming out now for these GM workers when they haven't done a damn thing for them over the last 20, 30 years as their jobs were offshore to Mexico and China. The other thing is, right now, and I reported this on Friday from sources on the ground, but right now you have police. <laughs> police are literally helping General Motors and harming the UAW strikers. In Detroit, uh, a source, uh, Detroit and Flint, a source told me that police are literally bringing in, bring, driving in semi-trucks into the General Motors plants with car parts and materials that managers who are standing in for the blue collar workers so that they could keep the production going as best as they can. Obviously, they're not at full level production. So police are literally bringing in uh, parts for the managers uh, so that the production line can continue in some capacity. But here in Arlington, Texas, the UAW strikers in Arlington were arrested last night, uh, arrested for striking. Are you kidding me? Let's take a look. We already know, we already know, the police are essentially one of the same. In North Dakota, they were standing with uh, oil companies and beating the hell out of Native Americans and environmental activists at service of an oil pipeline, which is fascism. But, but 
Now they are literally working to basically break, help General Motors break a strike. I mean, at what point? It's not just police terrorism. I mean, it's police as essentially an extension of Wall Street bankers. It's police as an extension of Wall Street bankers. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So we have these strikers striking hard. Not only are police working with General Motors and, by extension, Wall Street banks who want this strike to end as quickly as possible and want to give the workers nothing, but we have to look at this question. The Democratic Party, has the Democratic Party really been the party standing with these workers? Here's a reminder. Uh, I was in uh, Warren, Michigan, Detroit a couple months ago uh, when Ty and I went when, 50, when the 15,000 workers were laid off. Listen to Frank Hammer. Frank Hammer is a retired UAW worker, worked at General Motors. This guy knows his stuff. Listen to what he has to say about how, how fiercely the Democratic Party has stood with General Motors, as Joe Biden says he is now. But the union movement has kept its blinders on like this and therefore confined our struggles and now is elevating the struggle. Oh, we got to fight against the Mexicans because they're taking our work. It's a wrong direction. It's a wrong direction. And what's uh, so the UAW didn't go in the direction of internationalism because had we done that, and I'm talking about years ago, we may be in a stronger position to deal with General Motors than we are now. So now it's kind of like if you take three steps in the direction of acquiescing, it's a lot easier on the fourth step to acquiesce. And by the way, one other point. Nobody's talking about the UAW's inability to organize the unorganized auto workers in the rest of the country. Half the workforce in auto today is non-union. There has to be a fundamental questioning of why has the UAW since the early 80s been failing one plant after another to organize. And there's never been a self-examination that says, we're doing something wrong. We've got to figure out another course. And that's, that's something that's been lacking and never happened. For example, at a UAW convention that people say, we got to figure out another course. Frank Hammer, a retired UAW worker, a uh, great guy. I keep in contact with him as much as I can to, to hear what's going on down there. Uh, and he said, our, our friends, our friends in the Democratic Party. I mean, let's, let's not get it twisted. Obviously, Republicans, Reagan was the beginning of this union busting that went on. But, you know, Democratic Party hasn't exactly been a friend of the worker bees in, in America and the unions. So if labor only ha- has a Republican Party, basically demolishing it, and a Democratic Party closing their eyes, counting to 10, while the Republicans destroy it, and Democratic presidents like Bill Clinton signing NAFTA and Barack Obama pushing TPP, then you got nothing. And why I've always said it's very hard to envision a yellow vest movement here, because we don't have basic protections as a citizen that allows citizens to have the comfort and security to go strike, knowing that oh, I have health care from the government and I don't have to worry about keeping my job to keep my health care, so I'm going to go strike. If you had Medicare for All, you would see a strike movement in this country that has been brewing and should have happened probably 20 years ago. 
you would see that level of striking. A yellow vest movement times five in this country. If we saw, if we had something like Medicare for all. But we also have a Republican party that's corrupt and evil and a Democratic party that's corrupt and indifferent. And that's why General Motors has basically been squeezing, squeezing and crushing workers. And it's not just General Motors, a lot of other corporations that actually have unionized workers, most of them don't. So to me, what does, what does the capitalist class have if the masses are waking up? What do the plutocrats and the oligarchy have if the masses are basically coming after the money that they've stolen from you? They have the police, right? They have the police. So that is why in all of these states, from Louisiana to North Dakota to now South Dakota, you have seen these Republican governors basically try to create laws to make it illegal to protest, <laughs> to make it illegal to uh, slow down business, slow down construction of these pipelines. Basically, the police and the governors, uh, in this case, South Dakota, are working for the Wall Street bankers who don't want their investment slowed down. Not just, not just the fossil fuel companies who obviously are in control of these pipelines and own these pipelines, but the banks invested in them and the financial companies invested in them and the hedge funds invested in them. So the police are, and the government are basically trying to felonize protesting. They're trying to make it seem like whether it be Native Americans banging on drums, uh, Native Americans and environmental activists singing in song, that that is, uh, that is equivalent of rioting. We saw this at Standing Rock, and they have been trying since the Standing Rock movement to basically preemptively shut this down from happening again. And I keep saying, one of the reasons we want to raise money is we're going to go cover Keystone, like I keep saying. But we need to get out there because they're trying to chill the First Amendment. They're trying to make you scared crapless, shitless. I've already demonetized myself today. They're trying to scare you shitless and intimidate you from going out and exercising your First Amendment. So what's amazing to me, what's amazing to me about this is in Louisiana, bills have actually passed with this. So in other states, bills have almost passed with this. So fortunately, there are some judges with their heads straight. So in South Dakota, I, I briefly mentioned this, but I want to go more in depth. Uh, a federal judge on Wednesday temporarily blocked enforcement of some new South Dakota laws that aim to prevent disruptive demonstrations against the Keystone XL pipeline. A lawsuit spearheaded by the American Civil Liberties Union against Governor Christy Nome and State Attorney General uh, Jason Ravsborg alleges that the, that the legislation chills protected speech. In issuing a preliminary injunction halting several provisions of the legislation, U.S. District Judge Lawrence Pearsall said the ACLU is likely to win most of its challenges uh, to the bill, quote, with the possible exception for direction of another person participating in a riot to use force or violence. Pearsall added that protesters must be allowed to plan and seek public support and money, quote, before and in anticipation of the next construction season. Conversely, supporters of the pipeline should also have the opportunity to respond rather than waiting for confrontation during actual construction. Quote, we're glad the court recognized that these vague and overbroad laws threaten the First Amendment rights of South Dakotans on every side of the issue, said Stephen Perver, an ACLU attorney. 
the legislation hastily passed in March by the Republican-dominated legislature allows to pursue uh, allows officials to pursue criminal or civil penalties against demonstrators who engage in quote riot boosting, defined in part as encouraging violence during a riot. It be, it's meant to head off Keystone XL protests like those mounted against the Dakota Access Pipeline in North Dakota resulted in 761 arrests over a six-month period. Kristen Wildman, Noam spokesman, said the governor and her team are reviewing the ruling and don't, won't be making public comments as long as the case remains active, blah, 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 blah. So basically, what these governors, what these state lawmakers... Uh, are trying to do is essentially destroy the planet in peace. Essentially say, we're going to destroy the planet and we don't want any of you Native American or environmental hippies to fucking bother us while we do it. That is what these laws are meant to do. And it's scary. It's not only scary if you're a protester. It's not only scary if you're Native American. It's not only scary if you're um, just a regular environmental activist. What if you're a journalist that wants to go cover these things? If you're me from status quo, and I'm not gonna not go somewhere because uh, you know these laws are in effect, I'm still gonna go, but couldn't they try and group journalists in that aren't, you know, have their credible, you know, the, not from the credible outlets like the New York Times or the Washington Post who aren't gonna go cover it anyway, couldn't they go and say, Oh, you're, you're with the protesters. You're facing 25 years. The point is to chill protesters and activists, but also to threaten the very journalists that go and cover these things, independent journalists, documentary filmmakers. They don't want any cameras or eyes on what's going on. And what's going on is very, very, very dangerous. Crude oil pipelines, natural gas pipelines crossing tens of thousands of waterways, maybe more than that, tens of thousands of waterways in America that serve as the drinking sources for tens of millions of people, that serve uh, where animal life is, uh, that could desecrate lands. They don't want you to bother them while they destroy the planet. So thankfully, I mean, this is currently just a temporary block and a temporary injunction, but thankfully we have a judge that put a halt to this because I got news for you. As, as passionate as you might be, whether you're a Native American, whether you're an environmentalist, whatever, there's realities. A lot of you who might have gone to Standing Rock or would want to go uh, protest Keystone XL Pipeline, you know, you have kids or you have responsibilities. You might be deterred from going even though you want to if you might be facing 25 years in jail for the crime of protesting or rioting. I mean, this is something that I would expect to see in maybe China, in, in some authoritarian country that basically doesn't allow free speech. In America? And this is why I always say it's not a country anymore. It's the United Corporations of America. I mean, it's crystal clear. And this is just one judge in South Dakota. Louisiana has passed these laws. I believe Texas has passed similar laws. So it's very scary. Um, and, you know, I covered on my birthday this travesty uh, of what's going on with Julian Assange. But I got news for you folks. And this is not meant in any way to pat myself on the shoulder. Uh, I didn't even think about it when I was there that maybe even me when I was at the Young Turks 
could have potentially done this. But I've had Native Americans come up to me, particularly at some conferences I went to and when, where I've just seen, and said, your camera being on during Standing Rock saved lives. And I said, what do you mean? I, didn't, I mean, I guess I just never thought about it that way. And they said, well, if you weren't there or, or cameras weren't on, those police would have started shooting real bullets. So if they're, and by the way, it's not just me. They were just normal activists who had their cameras on uh, during, you know, Facebook living and all these things. So when you have, whether it's, you know, full-time journalists or just kind of activists live streaming things, when you have cameras on these things, the police have to actually, you know, stop and think before they do things. So I'm going to do some more research on what other, uh, what other states have these laws potentially coming through. And uh, we need to fight against them because it's not a progressive conservative thing. It's, it's, it's just a First Amendment thing.